Welcome to Haber Bros, a podcast for historic, cross-centered Christians. We seek to provide ancient answers to a culture that's forgotten the questions. Thank you for listening this week. If you like what you're hearing or enjoy this show, please share it with a friend. This is the biggest way that podcasts grow. If you've not yet given us a five-star rating and a positive review, please pause this recording and do that now. I'm Kirk Haberman, a church musician, and this is my brother, Chris an Anglican priest, an eminent man about town. Chris, how are you? Kirk, I'm great. How can I not be? I'm an eminent man. Eminent? Is that what you said? <laughs> that is what I said. That's the word on the street. That's what man they're saying on Twitter.com these days. Are they? I don't know. I haven't been on in a long, long time. <laughs> it, so, became, Kirk, I... it became an accidental Latin discipline um, of mine. I've just kind of, I, I burnt out of it on it. And then like I, I have like another hour every day that I'm not on it, but isn't that amazing? I interrupted you. Yeah. Uh, so this week, uh, as I said, uh, we are doing Jordan's, I think I said this, we're doing Jordan's two week swim team trial. Very so cool. we did this transition from skiing to swimming and we said, we'll see how it goes three nights of hour long practices. And she likes it. So it appears that we have a child on the swim team now. Very cool. So, yeah, it's it's very cool. Kirk, I sent a picture of her with the, with the swim cap she borrowed from a friend, and in this in the swimming team swimsuit, and and uh, I mean, I'm like, who is this kid? This this uh, this kid that's just growing up before our eyes, and so, so that's fun to see. Um, and then on Tuesday, uh, after Isaac's infusion, uh, his infusions every 14 days, um, where he gets the medicine for uh, his. It's the enzyme that his body doesn't create enough of, um, and that helps his muscle disease. Uh, we went to Dave and Buster's. Dave and Buster's Dave, is so great. Dave and Buster's opened on Monday. Uh, it was interesting. They they started building it before the pandemic and basically got the walls like and everything sealed in, and then the pandemic hit, and they just shut down that construction. Mm. Not only because everything shut down, but it's like are we ever going to live in a world where people will want to right. get in crowds and breathe on each other and eat and play video games and touch all the things and lick all the doorknobs. And uh, it was determined, yes, we do want to live in that world. And so they resumed construction <laughs> and it finally opened. Uh, and this is a smaller concept. So this is, um, we're a smaller city. Usually um, you got to have eight, 900,000 people minimum in a city uh, to, to get a Dave and Buster's, but this is a, this is one of like three. You have access to their internal demographic analyses. <laughs> Kirk, I can't review my sources, but being a man about town, yeah, you know, I, I do what I can. But I, we're, we're one of, I mean, Kirk, this this is one of the things that my kids hate about me is is that I, I talk to people and some of that is through reading, but also I, I talk to like 
uh, staff and um, talked to the corporate trainer that was from Arizona who was um, training staff. And I was asking about, this is one of three of this size that exists. They're going to build more. Um, every company wants to build market share. Like every company wants growth. Kirk, I remember, who was that running back? Um, Willis McGahee. Yes. How do you know it? <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> Holy cow. Get out of my head. So because I, I remember that because I, I yes. was so offended by that <laughs> on behalf of like small town America yes. everywhere. Go ahead. Tell the story. It's a great story. So Willis. <laughs> so I'm sorry. I got to compose myself. Kirk. Willis McGay, he, uh, of course, um, famously tore his, he's an interesting story in himself that yeah. he tore his ACL, um, his, uh, in the national championship game, uh, playing for Miami, uh, when they lost to Ohio state. Right. Yep. And, the uh, Maurice Claret. Maurice Claret. Yes. <laughs> Anyhow, not, not. Wow. Down there, yeah. Absolutely. Let's okay. yeah. Uh, but I, wasn't he drafted even though he was going to sit he was going to miss the entire first, uh, yeah. year of his life. So he, he was by that the Buffalo good. Bills. He was that good. He was that good. Like we're, we don't know if he'll play again, but if he does, he'll be that good. Um, but playing for the Buffalo Bills, Buffalo is such a small city. Um, he complained. He's like, he, did he say they just got Dave and Buster's last year? Yeah, As in like, there's like nothing that. to do here. Like Dave and Buster's was a new addition to this city, right. um, which is funny that you and I both remember that complaint that he had about Buffalo being a small town and like nothing to quote unquote, nothing to do. So if, even NFL players see Dave and Buster's as a, a bonus, which if you don't know it, we've been talking about it for five minutes now. Dave and Buster's <laughs> is an adult arcade. Um, and by adult, I mean, uh, like you can buy beer. Um, where we went with our kids and raced motorcycles and cars and there's VR there now. Kirk, it's probably been years since you've been to, to Dave yeah. and Buster's, but our kids had so much fun um, and we spent so much money um, <laughs> that is uh, sort of what? how it's That's all designed it's like deviously a design to separate you from your hard-earned dough oh kirk yeah. yeah and i don't know how recently you've been but uh the more money you get you put on a card and so i don't know even know if you've been there when they have cards but the more money you put on the card the more bang you get for your buck right so you get more points per dollar uh, if you put, say, $100 on And it feels like fake good. money because, like, you're talking about points, and the points are get cheaper the more you spend. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then you walk around, and instead of, like, changing coins into tokens and putting tokens one or changing dollars into coins, you're just tapping a card. You're not even swiping. You're tapping. Right. Like, it is so easy. Like, you can spend $10 like that. Just tap, 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 tap. $10 gone. It's crazy. But the, I mean, the kids just have not stopped talking about it. It was, it was great. What is new in your world besides um, blast from the past, like Willis McGahee of a name I haven't thought of in 10 years. Uh, yeah. I mean, Holy week's coming up. Um, I got a, got a slew of services and concerts and um, it's, it's, it's busy and exciting. Um, we uh, we've uh, we don't have a, a lot of time, and I think you and I want to record a Holy Week episode, but we should uh, we should dive into our Palm Sunday uh, lesson today, don't you think? Let's dive in.
Today's gospel reading comes from Luke 19, 29 through 40. When he drew, when he drew near to Bethphage and Bethany at the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of the disciples saying, go into the village in front of you, where on entering, you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever yet sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? You shall say this, the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent away and found it just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owner said to them, why are you untying the colt? And they said, the Lord has need of it. And they brought it to Jesus and throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. And as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. As he was drawing near, already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So here we are, Kirk, the culmination of the book of Luke here, where we see this, we've pointed out how in Luke 9, Jesus set his face to Jerusalem. And from Luke 9 all the way here to Luke 19, like Jesus had this turn in his ministry. Uh, yeah, he continued healing and preaching as, as we've walked through that this year. Um, we walked through um, the life of Jesus from his incarnation, from his birth to his manifestation to the nations and to the people there at the baptism of Christ, how he was cast out into the wilderness for 40 days and tempted and how he returned to Galilee and, and, and preached in the synagogues. He was rejected in Nazareth. He went around in the region preaching, teaching, healing, and uh, we believe that, that there's about three years of ministry here and that Jesus was very strategic in this ministry, acknowledging that, like, this is not my time yet. But we see him kind of acknowledging this throughout the Gospels, um, that, that part of the, the Messianic secret was um, that were it to get out too quickly, um, he would not have had such a long ministry. Although he wasn't resistant to death, there are times that um, he kind of, escaped because they were they wanted to kill him right 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 there and he and he knew he wasn't to be killed outside of jerusalem that he that he was prophesied and predicted to, to be killed in jerusalem to fulfill the father's will and uh this week of course kirk we flew through this three years of jesus ministry we talk about walking with jesus throughout his life in the first half of the church year but we are flying through, right? Where, where we are flying through three years of ministry, not three years of ministry, 33 years of life in a matter of months. But this is Holy Week now. We're slowing down and doing it day by day. And uh, so, so we see Jesus enter Jerusalem for his final uh, week of life. That's what, that's what we see here, um, this triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Of course, Jesus had been to Jerusalem before. Uh, it was a less public entry. Um, because this was a very particular entry, the entry that would end in his death. Um, 
And so with that acknowledge what it means to set your face to Jerusalem uh, and what we, it's just an odd thing, Kirk, that we every year celebrate this triumphal entry when we know the cost of that entry, mm. that it was his life. And not only that, as we um, proclaim Hosanna in the highest, in a, in a way we are tacitly acknowledging that we are much, that we are very similar to those same witnesses on that day, Kirk. Mm-hmm. And as our prayer book says, I'm looking for the quote here. <laughs> uh, I'm just reading the third paragraph um, on the Palm Sunday thing. The purpose of Jesus' journey to Jerusalem was to fulfill his father's will. Thus, it is fitting that this service continues with the reading of the Passion Gospel in which the whole story of the week is anticipated. The emphasis of the liturgy turns to the days that lie ahead in Holy Week. Now, here's the crucial sentence. We who hail Jesus as king one moment may in the next deny him, even, join, even joining with the crowd in shouting, crucify him. So, on that day, the same people who hailed him and welcomed him as this conquering king, this, this waving palm branches in what was, in their mind, a coronation, um, their expectations of the king that they were coronating uh, was not a king who would lay down his life for our sins, Kirk, but um, a different sort of a king. And so as pastors, we always want to convey not only the original meaning of the text, but in some sense that we want to apply it. Like, what does this mean for you and me? And uh, during this whole season of Lent, the idea of, of a season of repentance is one of looking in the mirror and looking at the ways that we are falling short. Um, sins of commission, sins of omission, the things that we haven't done that we ought to do. Um, and so as we turn our... The, the mirror and we look at ourselves honestly, we need to ask this, Kirk, are we also looking at Jesus as king of cer- only certain part of our lives? As in, Ooh, do we reject Jesus as being the king that he wants to be? Do we say, Jesus, we would like you for you to be this, just like these same people, these same people who less than a week later um, were like, ah, we, yeah, I, I understand. We, we, we waved your palm branches and said, Hosanna in the highest, thinking you would be the kind of king we wanted. Turns out you're not the king we wanted. So the question is, Kirk, do we do that? Are there ways that we say, Jesus, you are, (laughs) I'm going to be, we all know the term cafeteria Catholics. I don't know why the Catholics alone, like it's like the pro-choice Catholics or cafeteria Catholics. Like, okay, we'll take some, we'll, we'll we'll take the, the meatloaf and the mashed potatoes, but hold the green beans as in like, we'll take some of what, the Catholic church is offering, but not all of it, which is kind of an incoherent thing as a Catholic. Um, but like, why aren't other Christians like, it's unfair right. that, that like, why aren't we all, we are, we uh, are all condemned in that. We're all cafeteria yeah. Christians. We're like, yeah. we'll take this, we'll take this, but you know what? Hold, hold the tough stuff. And, and so as, 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 as Lent comes to a close and as uh, this is, a final time for us to look in the mirror and say, in what ways are we conforming Jesus to us rather than saying, Jesus, like you are King and I have to take your kingdom in toto. Yeah. Christopher, this is such a rich, rich passage. And um, 
I mean, I've, I've heard a, a bunch of great sermons on different aspects of it. Um, there's a lot happening in 11 verses. Yes. Um, one of the things that, that I often enjoy is the, um, the, the, the advice ahead of time. If anyone asks you, why are you the Jedi mind trick? You shall say the Lord had need of it. Yep. That's always interesting. But, but this year, um, as I've been looking at this passage this week, um, what I, what I've noticed and, and, and meditated on is the verse before I'm going to the village in front of you. This is verse 30. Mm-hmm. where in entering, you will find a cold tide on which no one has ever yet sat. Now, Christopher, Daphne has a birthday party coming up next Saturday, Holy Saturday, actually. Um, and and we're gonna we're gonna have horses. It's gonna be at a horse farm. I love horses. Um, and and I love the idea of horses. I think in other <laughs> eras, I would have been a great horseman, and I'm about to find out because <laughs> um, I'm 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 looking forward to uh, to to riding a horse. Um, and and so I haven't ridden horses much. Um, but I have watched Westerns and there's mm. always the great scene where there's the, the cult that can't be broken. Right. And you have, um, then you have this old hand who, who's kind of the cult whisperer and who kind of comes at the cult, looks at it, is simultaneously commanding yet soothing and just has that it factor, right. The horse whisperer and, and everyone just kind of around the corral, like squints and spits and says, now that there's a cowboy or something. Right. Um, this is remarkable that we pass over this, a cult on which no one yet has sat. That's the one Jesus wants, an mm. unbroken cult. <laughs> um, and I think that is amazing. Um, uh, that, of course, uh, the Lord and creator of all things, this cult, unlike <laughs> maybe many people in the crowd, many religious god fears in the crowd, um, this cult is given to recognize, ah, yes, I will submit to this, my true master. Um, I think that's great. And, and there are other echoes. This is, this is a, a Levitical theme, right? So um, for sacred purposes, um, uh, heifers that are to be sacrificed are to be those upon which no yoke has ever been put. Um, that's prescribed in numbers. Um, the, we- the oxen that are used to draw the wagon carrying the cart, um, no, uh, no yoke has ever been put as well. Um, so there's some precedent for this. Um, but I love this, the fact that the cult had not been trained or broken or ever had riders. Um, this poses no problems for the king and lord of all. So that, that was my, my little observation this week. Isn't that interesting? I love that. Yeah. Yeah, and you're right. Like There is such a richness here that, um, I mean, there's rich symbolism in, in each of these things, in the cult um in the uh every aspect even even the ones that that aren't present here like notice um they don't say hosanna here as they do in in mark um this this hosanna this word that we say um right. this pleading um this almost which prayer. i mentally so strongly associate right. with palm sunday it's the palm oh. sunday word right right where here instead we have a essentially a quote of psalm 118 this um hallel psalm uh to kind of welcome pilgrims to, to the city, um, but also has this like Christological, this, this kingly, um, this is why I refer to it as a coronation. Mm. Um, so, so there's that, there's the throwing down of cloaks, uh, but um, the, the palms, of course, the, the, there's significance to the palms, but uh, you know, we can't get into all those things. So we, we today are just focusing on a, um, 
a few of the details of which each are significant. But the, the one thing I'll point out is, is the word Hosanna, which again is not present in the Luke um, version <laughs> account, but uh, it is we, we associate it with almost this praise to God. Um, where it's like just literally like this prayer of 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 saying please save us, um, and and so again like that that the the thing that that I've kind of uh, taken away and and will preach on is is um, even as we are kind of asking for the Lord's assistance to save us, um, that we need to be content with the way that God saves us because His ways are are higher than ours and. Um, we see through a mirror dimly. And so we have certain expectations for, for what God is doing where um, Jesus disappointed these people mm. and these people like kill him, crucify him. Like he's not useful to us when in fact, Jesus you know, was the one who, who has like broken the curse, who um, has done uh, his life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension is all for us. Um, that Jesus did for us what we could never do for ourselves and broke mm. um he's given us freedom from sin where we're like, uh, that's great and all God, but like, we would like this other thing. Um, and in, in what ways have we made those other things into idols in our own life? Um, yeah. to say like, we would like this more than this deeply meaningful thing, this freedom that we have gotten, um, from Jesus in his work. And so like, this is, this is the, the thing that we need to focus on is, is, um, submission to and obedience to, to God's way and recognizing that sometimes like often our ways uh, in our desires. And we talked about this last week, Kirk of like unruly wills and disordered mm. affections that the things that we want are not necessarily the things we need. And so yeah. um, that, that takes uh, time in the word, it takes time in prayer, it takes time um, in the church to d- discern the ways in which our, our um, own desires are rebellious against what God wants for us. Yeah. Can I say something very quickly about you, you, you observed that um, when you have rich passages like this, um, it sometimes can be an overwhelming smorgasbord for, for preachers um, or, uh, or you, you, you seem to almost apologize for just pulling out a couple of threads of this text. Martin Luther once commented on the virtue of the one-year lectionary, which is interesting because there was nothing else. There wasn't yeah. a three-year lectionary and there wasn't a concept either yet of just kind of preachers preaching on whatever they wanted. Um, I guess maybe there was with the Anabaptists, but he would have deeply scorned that. Um, think on that, all ye free church listeners. <laughs> mm. um, but in any case, uh, who just preached sermon series on whatever you wish? Um, in any case, um, he said that it frees up the preacher to actually focus on one particular thing that strikes him because the text will be back next year. Sure. And it's completely okay. And it'll be back in 10 years and in 15 years. And that's totally fine. So Christopher, if we, if we didn't cover like all the 37 things of this text, it'll be back next year. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, you know, the, the young and inexperienced preacher who wants to cover every single detail. Cause, right. it's, Cause you're like, just, it's just such a beautiful thing to, to convey. And you're like, I want to share that all. Right. <laughs> and, and so it takes some focus to, 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 to pull out just a few things that you want to convey. Cause people, you know, it's like drinking from a fire hose. And so, um, I don't want to neglect this last verse though, um, where, uh, the Pharisees are like, uh, teacher, like rebuke your disciples. Um, and who knows wh- why this is like, is it that like, well, pilots in town right now observing this, this whole thing, um, this might be a, a dangerous thing. Um, 
and Jesus answered, it's, it's I love this, Kirk. Mm-hmm. I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. Kirk, I, what Jesus did is, is just like a, a like the the tear in, in the the um in the curtain of the temple is is just a microcosm of what is happening, right? A symbol yeah. in all of creation, the whole cosmos being being uh, impacted that like if we aren't crying out like the very rocks like what jesus is doing is so big and and just uh, rewriting all the wrongs um it, it, this healing of all of creation that has been groaning out for redemption it is happening and so if we were not to, sh- to, to shout i mean there are allusions to like um abraham you know god can raise from these very stones sons of abraham in that like um all of creation is groaning for this redemption. And if we, if, if we don't have people to do it, God will raise up people because it's that big of a deal. Yeah. Um, shall we move on to our theology segment? Let's. So for our theology segment, um, we are going to look at the connection between the Last Supper and Passover. In Holy Week, I think I'm not faulting like any of our piety or my piety. Uh, Good Friday is a bit of a climax um, and because the crucifixion is, well, pardon the pun, the crux <laughs> of all things, right? It is, it is the great pivot point in our salvation history. Um, it is the victory. Um, over sin, death, and the devil. Um, the Christ shed blood is um, is is the, the the football crossing the pylon, um, and and then of course Easter is 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 the spike. I should get I should stop right now because <laughs> this is these are heretical metaphors. But in any case, what I mean to say is um, Holy Thursday is 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 often accidentally I think kind of passed over, and we just wanted to spend a few minutes looking at um, uh, one particular aspect. Of Holy Thursday, that is the Lord's Supper as as both a, a, a the Passover for Jesus and his disciples, and the completed and the new Passover for us, um, and what that means for us. And Christopher, I I very recently, uh, within the last week, came 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 across this interesting data point, which is as scholars have a greater and greater idea which year it was that Jesus died, thirty three A.D. Um, we actually now know that the Passover was celebrated on the 15th day of the Jewish month. Um, and that would have been a Friday, probably. Um, and so it's interesting. And we don't, we're not going to talk about this. But they, were, they, they had gathered, they had gathered to celebrate up. Passover, and yet they meet on Thursday. 
Um, so and Kirk, Kirk, like let me let me just say this. Um, and like I have not studied uh, at length what you are what you are referencing. However, um, the Jewish day started with sundown. That's correct. Yep. So that's correct. Is it possible that Thursday night after sundown is considered Friday? And and like, does that clear that up? I don't know. Yep. Yep. Perhaps. So just by way of quick quick summary, um, Jesus has his last summer supper on Thursday, a Passover meal. On Good Friday, he's condemned by Pilate and crucified, and by 3 p.m., he is dead. Um, during this time, the lambs were being slaughtered in the temple, prepared for the official Passover meal that would take place later that evening after sunset. Um, Jesus is buried before sunset, and so we could talk about this maybe, how um, it's important that Jesus is actually, um, Jesus yes. is dying as the Passover lambs are being slaughtered in the temple. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, Jesus celebrates a Passover, but he celebrates his own, a mm -hmm. new Passover, not the Passover of the old covenant that would was celebrated by most Jews later on that evening. So what is Passover? In the old covenant, a one-year-old unblemished male lamb, is that correct? I think that's right, um, is sacrificed, um, uh, boiled, correct, for, for, for the purpose of speed and eaten with unleavened bread, again, for the purpose of speed and what, bitter herbs? Um, and this was, um, as commanded, uh, to the Hebrews in, um, in Exodus, um, as the angel of death, um, was going through the land of Egypt, um, taking the firstborn male from each household, that lamb's blood, which they would eat of, was, um, smeared on the lintel, um, the doorposts of each household, each Hebrew household, um, and thereby the angel of death would pass over those households, sparing the firstborn sons of those, um, those households. And all Hebrews were commanded to annually commemorate that meal in such a fashion. How's that for a summary? That's good. Um, and so I'm, I, I just pulled up Exodus 12 to check your, uh, check yes. your work here. Okay. Check um, my work. Do not eat it boiled. Um, they shall eat the uh, verse roasted. eight. They shall eat the flesh of that night roasted on the roasted. fire with unleavened roasted. bread and bitter herbs. They shall eat it. And of course, um, it, yeah, like you said, it is all about speed in this verse 11, in this manner, you shall eat it with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. Yep. Yeah. So I think you and I wanted to talk about, yes, I want to continue. All right. Uh, verse 14, this day shall be for you a memorial day and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations as a statute forever. You shall keep it as a feast. So, um, seven days, you shall eat unleavened bread. So there are all these instructions in, in Exodus 12 that, um, Kirk, the idea of memory we've talked, um, before, um, Anamnesis, um, this yes. idea of memory of of uh, memory is not just uh, it's not detached from bodily actions, but like they had a perpetual memorial annually to remember the Lord's deliverance. And just as we have uh, Jesus instituted for us a perpetual feast um, and, uh, you know, our, our non-sacramental friends call it an ordinance, um, which gets at the idea of like we have to do this. Um, because we're required. Um, but for us, it's a sacrament um, that, that is one part of one aspect of it is that memory of this bodily, not just bodily of Christ's body, but um, the body of Christ, like the people will re have this right. remembrance of what of what Christ did. Yes. 
like the importance of retelling the story every year again and yes. again um annually which is what we're doing in holy week right yeah um with kind of the new and completed passover which is i think kind of what we wanted to talk about and i, th- I think this is just a brief shout out this is i know a a horse I'd beat into the ground, but uh, um, the the value of the liturgical church, right? Sure. Is yep. These this, these patterns, these annual patterns, can't help but create grooves in your soul, mm-hmm. um, Christ shaped grooves where we where we walk day by day, um, this last week of his life, um, and deeply remember, retell the story again, um, as as the Jews are exhorted right in the Shema right in Deuteronomy, like yeah. as you walk along the way, tell your children, um, as, as you sit at night, um, tell your children constantly be retelling the story so that it's a part of you. You, mm-hmm. you, you, you eat it, you breathe it, you sleep it. It just oozes from your pores. Yeah. In the Passover is about God's deliverance of his people in Egypt by the blood of the lamb, right? Yes. And so, um, even as, uh, we, um, we talked about the transfiguration a few weeks ago. Um, and there was a word that uh, Christ's going out or his exodus, that that was the content of the discussion between Jesus and Moses and Elijah was his going out. Um, this, this word was drew a direct parallel to the, the exodus, the going out of Egypt, which doesn't mean just leaving. Uh, I, I kind of pushed this point back then, uh, but, but not just leaving, but deliverance. Um, like, it's not just like we left the building, but we were saved um, by God's um, allowing us to escape. And, and, and by the blood of the lamb, we have been saved. And Christ reinterprets this as he holds up the bread and indicates, this is my body. This is my blood. In the Passover, Christ is saying, I am the Passover. And so, Kirk, when, um, when we have the fraction, the, the breaking of the bread in Holy Communion, what is what are the words that the priest says following the, the breaking of the bread? So the elevation and the breaking of the bread, right? The priest says, Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Christ or Passover is sacrificed for us, therefore yes. let us keep the feast. Yeah, and the people respond, let us therefore let us keep the feast, which is a direct <laughs> quote from from First Corinthians five. I'm sorry to put you on the spot and <laughs> uh, but but yeah, it's uh First Corinthians five verses uh, set, and Jesus talks about the old, or Paul here is talking about the old leaven, the new leaven. He's making a different point, but it's assumed. Like the 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 point that he's making is is kind of tied up by saying Christ, our Passover lamb, is sacrificed for us. Um, therefore, let us celebrate the festival. So we we are um, for anyone who wondered, like I, I'm sure that we've had uh, non liturgical people come in and open our prayer book and like, where does this come from? Uh, like. 90% of it is, is just pure words of scripture. Um, uh, we are not making this up. Yes. Um, can we, can we go through a little bit detail by detail here? Um, kind of the perfection, the completion um, uh, at the last supper of the elements of the, the Passover. Um, so we have, we have this, this lamb, right? And this lamb is, uh, what did we say? This lamb is what? One year old. I, without I lost blemish. It. Without blemish, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, as we read in Hebrews, um, uh, the, the, the blood of bulls and goats and, and right. the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of the heifer 
um, could never could never really actually uh, sanctify uh, God's people. And this is why it was constantly redone year after year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, there's something there's a there's a great relief. Uh, there's a great joy that there is a true lamb, which mm-hmm. takes away the sins of the world of the world. Right. Not a, not just of those upon whom his blood is sprinkled. Right. There's something cosmic about this lamb. Yes. Right. There's something cosmic and final. Right. And so it's by his blood that when we say a new covenant is made, um, it's more cosmic. Right. That's why John says and John's gospel records that behold, John remarking, behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world, yeah. right? Um, and this is the new exodus isn't just freedom from Egypt and escape from Egypt and slavery, but the slavery of the thing that actually enslaves us, right? Mm. Sin yes. and death yeah. and not of hope of entering a land of milk and honey, which is surely a great relief and a great joy, um, but a promised land which will never end, mm. um, in which we will never be buried everyone who entered into the promised land and none of those who exited egypt actually did <laughs> but right. the, but but the but the ancestors of those who exited egypt um they too were ultimately buried in the promised land but we will enter into a new and everlasting kingdom um and unlike the passover lamb that was sacrificed and eaten um that lamb that lamb once it was eaten um it was just metabolized <laughs> and ultimately passed um but jesus um, is the lamb that rose from the dead and continues to feed us. As he says in John's gospel, I am the bread of life, <laughs> right? He who eats of me shall never die. Well, the old Passover and the old covenant was eaten among family members with the father presiding. The new Passover is eaten among members of our new family, the church, right? With the Lord, <laughs> our father, which art in heaven presiding, Right. Well, the Passover, the old covenant focused on flesh and blood of the lamb and the Exodus event. Our new Passover is the sharing of the body and blood of the Lord of all creation. Mm. And so, again, as I keep using the word cosmic, I don't I don't know a better word to use. Right. right. But there's something much more massive, more eternal, mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. all encompassing, obviously, that we are ushered into here um, with this new Passover, this Lord's Supper, this co-munion with him right this being linked to him with this cup with this blood his blood so those are my thoughts on that christopher yeah i've got a hard out in a few minutes what are your final thoughts here well just this you know it's really cool based on everything you said uh do you know what our new testament readings are in year you probably don't Uh, i shouldn't set you up like this and year c this year (laughs) Um, our New Testament readings all come from one book, Revelation. Oh, I love it. One of my favorite Which books. Super cool and, and, and perfect for the Easter season, right? Um, is, is that like this like, Revelation is a vision of like what is to come. And it's interesting, the contrast between um, in Jesus' ministry, his humility, him taking the low road, him um, being scorned and reviled and persecuted and uh, eventually tortured and uh, executed in a humiliating and painful way. Mm. But what is to come is Jesus being like re- turned to glory like it's it's kind of the opposite right that's what we see yeah. um and yet like it's juxtaposed like 
with lambs and, and meek things. And yet Jesus is like fierce and fiery. And so I'm just excited about this. Uh, we're going to do, um, we don't do a lot of sermon series, um, but we're going to do a lectionary sermon series on revelation um, and be able to Very share cool. um, th- this, this thing that, that has been on my mind a lot is just the idea that, that um, in the day to day, we can lose sight of, of the telos. Mm. And there's, help me with a better word because that is an obscure kind of philosophical word um, for just like, uh, not like purpose. every other, what purpose, purpose. Every, our, our yeah. end, our goal, like every yeah. other word seems insufficient to convey what the telos is like, right. like, what is it that is our, our target? Like, what, what is it that, that it, we're heading towards our bearing um, and our purpose in the way, like we can use many words, but the one word telos kind of is like, that's where we're headed, Kirk. And um, that's why we can pray um, in, in the middle of, of our procession, we stop and we pray the collect for endurance, hmm. right? Yes. Um, this collect for endurance, which is, Kirk, I feel like every single time we talk about collect, we're like, this is my favorite. <laughs> this is my favorite. Um, but but uh, we can celebrate, Kirk, Palm Sunday, acknowledging that we too are the ones that say crucify him because we know that that as costly as his entrance was, we know the telos, right? We know yes. what the end is in, in sight. And um, we can also like this prayer, this prayer of endurance, this call for endurance is, is like encompasses that, that like, in the meantime, Lord, let us find joy. I'm going to read it real quick. Um, we're going to find joy in taking this road to the cross, knowing what is to come. Here's the prayer. Almighty God, whose most dear son went not up to joy, but first he suffered pain and entered not into glory before he was crucified. It's acknowledging what Christ has done, taking that low road. Mercifully grant that we, walking in the way of the cross, may find it none other than the way of life and peace. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Kirk, that like we are walking the way of the cross. Um, yes, with the our telos insight, and for that reason, we can look at Second Corinthians, uh, and when Paul talks about the eternal weight of glory and the present suffering being bearable, knowing what is to come. And so, in that Easter season, we will look at Revelation and 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 see what is to come. Amen. Shall we end in so, prayer? Let's. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit, let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you hate nothing you have made, and you forgive the sins of all who are penitent. Create and make in us new and contrite hearts, that we, worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, may obtain of you, the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, in your tender love for us, you sent your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, to take upon himself our nature and to suffer death upon the cross, giving us the example of his great humility. Mercifully grant that we may walk in the way of his suffering and come to share in his resurrection. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Amen. Next week, Kirk. Next week. <laughs>